welcome to tuning in to Living with MS Truth Be Told. I'm Marie Heron, your host, and I'm going to let her introduce ourselves, our co-host, Jana. Good morning, Jana. Good morning, Marie. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, on the line today, we have our own very special and precious tiny dancer, Carolyn. If you remember uh, the episode uh, earlier in the year, we had Carolyn on, and she was telling us about her love of ballroom dancing. How are you this morning, Carolyn? I am feeling fabulous. I'm so grateful to be back on with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know, and you and I have been trying to, to hook up um, all summer long through uh, social media. Uh, it's great to have you on. Last time we spoke, you were doing some patient service work and tripping the light fantastic with your ballroom dancing. And I know uh, what you've been up to because we stay connected, but our listeners don't know. So how are you feeling? I'm feeling fantastic. Actually, I can't even believe it was, I think, back in February, and there was a snowstorm here in New York when yeah. we were speaking on the phone. So That's right. It's yeah. Amazing, yeah. You know, to me, how time flies. Yeah, um, I know it doesn't seem, yeah, it's almost a year ago. It's almost a year. It's almost a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm feeling really fantastic. I'm continuing doing my ballroom dancing. I had a big event um, over the summer doing a Star Wars theme, and um, it was a fantastic event and really challenged myself in raising the bar with my dancing. And um, I, I won two awards, actually, um, which just to me is a testimonial to my own um, mm-hmm. perseverance and resilience in the face of MS and yeah. having no bounds and no limits. Yeah. Um, and so that was a wonderful accomplishment. And I'm actually in the process, literally as we speak, of recertifying for my EMT. What's that? What is that, Carolyn? It's um, emergency medicine. Um, so basically I ride on an ambulance. And, um, you know, we go on, when someone calls 911. Like oh, wow. wow. Like a paramedic yeah. here. Wow. Oh, Carolyn, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, did you, did you, so you said you're re-registering. You were doing that job before? I got certified for the first time three years ago. Yeah. New York State has you recertify every three years. Yeah. So it's, um, it's amazing how, um, like, the protocols have changed. And it, it's, for me, it's really about making a difference, getting out of my own head, you know, really being able to help people, um, and I, I actually did it for selfish reasons as well, in the sense that I want to understand my own body, how mm-hmm. the body works, the system, yeah. and just understanding how I can take control of my MS more effectively. Yeah. Um, and also, my, my family's getting older, so I just want to be able to, um, God forbid something happens, to not to wait, you know, four minutes for the ambulance to get there. To be able right. To no, that, that's, that's really great. I'm, I'm so happy for you. You know, it's interesting because um, I've just started a, a new career myself. I, uh, I, I started out doing a customer service job for an auto uh, industry, and um, they, uh, they, they really appreciated my work so much that uh, they want me to get certified to, to sell used automobiles. And I'm like, oh my god, I never thought. Uh, you know, I'm living with MS now for almost 36 years. Um, I'll be wow. 60 in June, and I'm now like going to be taking an exam uh, to be able to sell used cars. And I'm just like, whoa, how did that happen? <laughs> See, I'm not surprised, and that's, and that's one of the things that I think is so passionate about. I'm so passionate about the work that you do. You know, when I see people with MS, and I think to myself, you know what? We're not the lazy ones. You know, we're not the ones that have to, you know, um, you know, wake ourselves up and get that spark, you know, going. Mm-hmm. We, my challenge is always I overextend myself and I overachieve and I don't stop. Yeah, that's you know? right. So I'm absolutely not surprised that they see the passion in you and. Um, you know, you're reinventing yourself uh, at 60. I think it's 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like that that character in in, in uh, Better Call Saul. You know, I know a man who knows a man <laughs> who can get you a car. <laughs> Where do you see the interest rates we've got? <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so you were telling us about some of your compliments. Um, Carolyn, I have one question though. EMT, like that's a very stressful job. Do you find that that stress uh, directly affects your MS? That's a really great question. Um, I actually play more of an auxiliary role, so I'm not actually physically on the ambulance, um, um, but I I do assist, you know, in. Um, uh, in various capacities, you know, um, and for the most part, I think going forward, that may shift a little bit um, as well. Um, but in terms of the stress level, I I think stress is like oxygen. <laughs> I don't even know I do it or experience it. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm really looking to um, get more effective with myself going forward is to recognize those signs of overextension mm-hmm. and overexertion, which I mm-hmm. don't. Um, so, yeah, that's a really great question. I, again, I think I'm all about making those opportunities for myself um, because when I share my story with people, I'm always talking about, you know, live the life you were born to live. Mm-hmm. And I realize at one point I need to start doing that because I can't encourage people to do it if I don't. Yeah. So I look at all these, you know, areas of my life where I think I can't do that, I can't do this, I can't do that. And I just, I kind of go for it. Um, in, in two weeks, I'm actually going to Richmond, Virginia, and I don't like to fly, and I don't like airports or hotels. Like, I don't like being on my own. I feel very vulnerable mm-hmm. um, to do um, a race, um, a one-mile race with some friends um, that are in Virginia, and never thought I would do that. You know, working with Achilles International has been something that I started. Um, what? Okay. Okay. I spoke. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, no, she's amazing. She is. Well, I call I call her my little tiny dancer. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds like you're stepping out of your comfort zone uh, quite often. So that that's really inspiring, uh, for sure. Thank you. Um, Carolyn, what are you hoping for going into 2020? Mm, I love that question. Um, I would say for myself to continue raising the bar. Um, on myself um, in terms of my accomplishments to to go for the status quo because my whole life was always about achieving a goal and I think at this point I'm looking to really maintain homeostasis <laughs> with myself um, not that that will take away from achieving anything but I feel like I'm always chasing something mm-hmm. to prove that I can or to prove that I'm worthy or to prove something more to myself than anybody right. and I feel like I'm at a point in my life now where I I'm recognizing I don't have to prove anything. Um, I started walking with a cane for the first time a month ago at the request of my doctor and my physical therapist, and I've been resisting them for over two years. And I realized that it's a safety issue, like I probably should use one, Mm -hmm. and I can be much more independent. So I'm dealing with the the emotional piece of that, you know, like this shouldn't happen, I'm not 80 years old, I should be able to Mm -hmm. walk by myself, like all of the emotional side, you know, MS is always with us, whether it's one challenge or another, Um, and on the one end, I feel really independent and confident that I can get around by myself more effectively. On the other side, I'm thinking I don't want to be perceived as weak or inadequate or um, less than, because now with Visible, you know, before... You know, it's like I wear contacts. No one knows that I need contacts to see. Now it's visible. It's visible. And so I've been really wrestling with people's perceptions of me. Um, and they're usually not the ones I think. People are very helpful. Right. Um, 
but to get more comfortable and to increase that self-love of myself with myself and to embrace myself authentically, to bring myself to work as one human being versus separating myself out. Because I could get away with, for many years, you know, I just had back pain. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, I don't ever just. Yeah, or I have low blood pressure. <laughs> that right. was always my fallback. Right. You know, when I was dizzy. Oh, I have low blood pressure. Yeah, and what I what I didn't realize though is I was ripping myself off from bringing myself to work and being an authentic person. Right. And you know that wasn't like something that I value really. Like it's about producing and being the best and being number one and achieving my goals. Never did I think about being integrated as a human being. Right. And so right. at this point, I. Going to 2020, I really um, want to create these miracles for myself in the space of being more authentic with me and then just trusting the process that if people want to be in my life, they will. And if they don't, they won't. And right. to just be okay with that. And, and that's that's really something that I'm looking forward to for next year. Right. Okay, good. Well, that's fantastic. Have you still got that really nice man lifting you up the stairs at the uh, ballroom? Oh, I do. Yes, instructor. <laughs> <laughs> now I was telling Jana when she came in. I was telling her about. I was so excited to interview you, and I was telling her about. In our last interview, you said that a gentleman had uh, offered to lift you up the stairs, and I thought, oh, I wonder if he's still doing that. That's so he cool. Is. You know what's so funny though? They're actually moving. Um, they're relocating the studio, and there are no stairs. So I'm all upset now. Oh, going oh. Now. now it's going to be easy for me. Like I was used to the whole like. Yeah, and I be, I, yeah, and he, he's good looking, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be, I'd be mad too. Why did, why did you make this accessible? I like the guy. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what's interesting though? If I look at sort of the the journey with MS, I think to myself, I didn't want to say yes. Like the only way that I could do the dancing is if someone escorted me up the stairs, and I didn't want to say yes to that. Now I'm upset that I can't say yes to that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You just, you gotta love MS. It is so ironic. Um, okay. All right. Have you switched medications at all? Or are you still on the same meds? Or? I haven't. I haven't. No, I'm still on the same ones. And I'm very fortunate. I have no side effects or anything. Good. I think that's the reason why we're sort of staying with that sort of status. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it, ain't, if it isn't yeah. broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Can yeah. we share what medication she's on? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's um, the Rebif. Um, it's an interferon. Um mm-hmm. With, the, with their, uh, their pharmaceutical company. Right. And it's funny because... You know, I'm the person that doesn't like needles. I don't like anything sharp. And it's one of the few medicines, you know, one of the first medicines out there that is an injectable still. And I couldn't wait till they came out with a pill when I got diagnosed. And now they have one and now I don't want it. So oh. we go again with, you know, um, and that's really challenged me as a human being as well with myself that, you know, it's so funny just when I think the things that I don't want because they're too painful or too... Um, confronting, they end up being the things that I don't want to change. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I get that. It's well, it's because you're you're in a you're in a routine. I would think you know you 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 you've reconciled yourself to this is what what you know I do every day, and um, yeah. you know it's yeah yeah it's definitely stepping out of your comfort zone because there's probably that inner inner voice saying you know yeah it's in pill form, but will it be as effective? That's right, and you know, and I, and I, I will say that I do. I, you know, it burns when I when yeah. I do it when I inject myself, and it's it's I hate it. Like it, people say, it gets easier. It actually really doesn't get easier. You just, I just get more familiar with mm-hmm. the routine of it, but it doesn't get any easier. You know, I always get interest, I always get frustrated when people say, you know, things in life get easier. I think it's so relative. I don't know if easy is easier is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. It's just 
like you said, it's more of a habit, more of a routine. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever it took me an hour to do, you know, 10 years ago, it takes me, you know, five minutes to do now. But it's right. still not any less frustrating or... Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just would think like if it were me, and they said, oh, you know, it's a pill form, and if I felt that something was out of whack, I would just ask for the injections again because I know that I trust that I know that it works for me. Yeah, you know, and I think maybe that's what what's at play here. Um, But Jana, you were on a a, a drug that was injections, and you just hated it. Yeah, mm. first injection I was on was Copaxone, and that was mm. a daily um, injection injection subcutaneously, so just under the skin. So, but it yeah. was like a bee bite every day. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, right, right, yeah, and then I went on to Avanex, which was a weekly needle, but it was intramuscular, so mm. you know, right down into the leg. So. Um, yeah, I understand what you mean. It doesn't get any, doesn't get any, any easier. easier. And in fact, the Avanex I ended yeah. up going off of because um, it was once a week and each day getting closer to my injection day, um, my anxiety would start increasing, increasing, increasing. It was really affecting wow. my quality of life. So wow. um, I made the uh, decision to, to take, get off my injections. Yeah, that's so interesting. I actually started out with Avanex 24 years ago, and I chose it because I only wanted to think about MS once a week. Mm-hmm. Like that was my reason. And then when I realized the needle was huge, and there was no like pre-fill that to actually you know get the bubbles out of the you know the needle and the syringe, you know, I felt like a doctor. And um, then when Rebif came out a few years later, the challenge was three times a week mm-hmm. subcutaneous. So now I have to remind myself that I have MS three times a week, not just once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that the needle was in a like a container, I don't have to see it, actually oh, okay, made yeah. it a little bit easier for me. Um, but yeah, no, it's um, I completely understand. I, I appreciate the anxiety because it's, you know, people think MS is, you know, sometimes it's a physical um, challenge for us. But I think sometimes the unspoken is that intangible emotional piece where, you know, we feel anxious and it's, it's our own personal struggle. So you know, I can share with everybody what it's like to inject yourself. Like I can actually explain it. Right. But no one's in that moment with us when we, the night before, the morning of, mm-hmm. to have that anxiety and to, yeah. to help us talk ourselves through that. It, it's just such an isolating process. Yeah, no, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, are you still helping? Last time we spoke, you were helping newly diagnosed uh, MS people. Are you still doing that work? I am, yeah. With the um, the MS Society, I um, when I have the time, I, I, I go and I speak to um, the groups in the area. Um, and I was a peer counselor for a long time, so I help newly diagnosed patients right off the bat mm-hmm. to feel comfortable with the diagnosis and then decisions in terms of how to get treatment. Um, I think that's so important early on because I think, you know, it's not like terminal, so you don't need to start medication right away. But, you know... From what I was um, exposed to early on, it's all about early intervention, you know, mm-hmm. rather than later. So I, I at least try to encourage people to think about their choices right. um, rather than not. <laughs> um, and so I, that's very fulfilling for me because I like the education piece of it. Um, and I like the fact that I know what they're experiencing. And I think the credibility is there because, you know, I go through it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully those lives that I've touched you know, through those conversations have, have made a difference. Um, and I always wish them well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you something. Um, do you find that um, now with like newly diagnosed patients, um, are, 
are, are they more are they more aware of what MS is? Because I know when I started doing the podcast, almost everybody interviewed said when they were diagnosed, they had no idea, me included. I had no idea what MS was. Um, do you find that, yeah. that more people know what it is when they're diagnosed? I think I think just because of the environment and the culture with social media, I think mm-hmm. people can just like put it into the computer and see what it is. Um, I know when I was first diagnosed, I think people thought it was muscular dystrophy. Oh, I did. I remember saying, "Doctor, is that what Jerry Lewis raises funds?" For? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of personal responsibility. So I will right. always, you know, tell colleagues, you know, tell people that I speak to and that are newly diagnosed, you know, they may have a diagnosis of any sort. I said, but it's up to us to do the research, to put the researcher cap on, and to figure out what this is about, and then to interview our doctors, to ask our doctors yeah. questions, because it's not just about us being the patient. We need to be our own best advocate. You know, so I do encourage people to explore if they don't know what it is. Um, and, you know, I, I, think, I think I have to believe that in, in this time, um, by default, people are that much more exposed to it just because of social media. And people, I think, like I know, I know a lot of people now that know someone that has MS. That was oh, yeah, years, yeah. Ten years ago. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I talk to yeah. people sometimes. They're like, oh, Marie, you're the, the only person I know with MS. And I'm like, no, actually, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot more people. Absolutely. Um, what, do you, what do you think of um, Salma Blair coming out? Do you think that was, like, how do you think, like, how do newly diagnosed people feel about her um, saying she has MS? Is that helping them? I mean, I have to say, honestly, I'm like, talk about, like, courage. <laughs> That's the one word I can think of. Yeah. Um, I mean, bold courageous yeah brave um i think i i think it's a huge um a huge opportunity for people to feel like they're not alone mm-hmm. um i just remember when i heard her story i was i i i kept watching it over and over again yeah i know like i really felt like connected to her yeah um, i think it's so amazing that that someone of that stature um and that much of a public figure had the courage to do that and to share her story and to be interviewed. Um, I've had people that don't have MS ask me if I saw her. Yeah. And I've read about her sharing it. So I think it's making it so much more mainstream, so much more um, not taboo to talk about. Um, and I think that helps not only the people that are newly diagnosed, but I think everyone in our culture to recognize that, you know, we have to have a tolerance for people that are different, that have disabilities, that have mm. challenges in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I just think that her courage and her um, her steadfast determination to uh, be a stand for people with MS is, is remarkable. Right. What did you think of her, though, choosing to do the HSCT? Um, I, I think it's a personal preference. Um, mm. I don't know too much about it. Um, I don't know too much about it. Yeah, well, I've, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people who have chosen that as a method of um, of treatment. And, you know, I don't know, I'm of two minds about it because, uh, you know, they're saying, oh, it's great, it's great, it's great, it works, it works, it works. Um, but I wonder about the shelf life. You know, I wonder if, you know, three years from now, because I did interview a young man um, about a year and a half ago who had done it, and um, he had success, like, amazing i mean he was in a wheelchair and he was climbing mountains and everything and then five years later he backslid and yeah i'm thinking to myself you know what would be worse right like to have five years where you're fine and then backslide um so i worry about those treatments that's just my own personal view um i'm sure there's a lot of listeners who who i have interviewed who just 
you know, think it's amazing. Um, but I do worry about it. And I don't know if, if it does not go as well as Salma Blair hopes it does. I hope that she has the decency to come out and say that, um, which yeah. I'm sure she will. I think, again, I think it comes, at least for me, it comes back to the conversation with our doctors. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of factors go into it. And again, that personal responsibility piece, you know, it's yeah. easy to say, oh, where's the quick fix? You know, I've been living with MS for 25 years. Yeah. You know, I can't remember what it was like not to have MS, you know, when I was diagnosed. Yeah. So, for me, it's like, do I want the chronic condition and just, you know, the familiarity of living with something like this over the years? Um, I don't know if a quick fix is something that I would want at this point. It's it's not something that I, like you were saying, I, I, I trust necessarily. Um, and I think, again, people have to do their research. They have to recognize, look at the, look at the, um, the studies that have been done. You know, yeah. grill your doctors. Make sure that we understand what we're getting into yeah. so that... If there's a challenge five years from now, we're not all surprised by it. We recognize right, that we're right. part of the course, and we take that you know wholeheartedly on into yeah. consideration. Yeah. No, I mean it is. It's it, it's a huge undertaking. I mean it's it's like having a bone marrow transplant. I mean people can die um, because their yeah. immune system is just destroyed, and um, you know it, it is a real concern. Um, okay, so here we go. Um, are there any new, uh, because you're working with newly diagnosed people, are there any new uh, drug-modifying mo- therapies that are coming out that you're excited about? Um, I, you know, I'm a big advocate on, on what works for me. Um, I don't really have those conversations with my doctor okay. that frequently. Um, I'm not looking for anything um, new at this point. Um, right. I know they're coming out with so many different uh, medications that they're testing. I'm, I'm not too familiar with what's out there and what's coming up on the market. Right. Um, but I, I'm a big believer that I think if people want to make a change, if something's not working or they want to explore something different, that they should do that. Um, I'm not a big advocate of that, though. I think if something's working and people are, you know, I just I did an MRI. My, both of them came back amazingly strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and my medication is only 32% effective. So right. you know, do I want 100%? Sure. Could I go for something that's maybe fifty percent, maybe? But what are the consequences of that change? No. Mm-hmm. But Carolyn, um, tell, ask me. I'm, I want to ask you this, right? I, I'm 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 not surprised that your your MRIs are amazing. But how much of that is down to your attitude and the fact that you're so active? Yeah, that's a great question. I have yeah. to agree with you. I I do think, you know, as much as we don't have control of our body, sometimes it is mind over matter. Yeah. You know, I think. Um, what we think and what we say to ourselves has a direct correlation to our physical body. Yeah. So I think it's very respons- I think it's very important to be responsible for the attitude. I can't tell you how many people I talk to that not only have MS but diabetes and lupus and smoke and drink and do drugs. Now, why would somebody do that to themselves? Yeah, I exactly. Don't know, you know, but I think that um, I think attitude is the best medication, in my opinion. Right. Um, and I think having people believe in us, like having people believe in our success, like I have someone who's believing in me where I started doing my racing. I had someone who believed in me who thought I could do ballroom dancing. I had someone yeah. who believed in me who thought I could be an EMT. Yeah. I was, my self-doubt was so high, I would have never done it if I didn't trust their opinion of my ability and what I can and can't do. So I think mm. really above any type of medication, um, a positive attitude and a willingness to to kind of check that negativity at the door every single day. I mean, that's like a discipline, right? It's like drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> you might not like it, but we do it every single day. I think that makes a difference. And I've seen it 
in groups that I've spoken with and, you know, studies that I've read about people that, um, you know, why me, just very negative family dynamics that contribute to that mentality mm-hmm. are also detrimental, in my opinion. I think it's very important for people to wake up and see the glass is half full, regardless of whether it is or not. <laughs> very good advice there, Carolyn. Okay, so shameless plug number one, okay, um, is... Uh, I just interviewed Dr. Brandon Bieber, and he has a new book out. It's called uh, The Resiliency in MS, and I think that you should definitely, I'll send him a tweet and see if I can get him to send you a copy. Um, I want to plug another guest. Her name is Dee uh, Fatata, and she has this wonderful uh, program. It's called A Dose of Positivity. Um, she's oh, just like all about positive energy, all about positive energy. Jana wants to ask you a question. Oh, we'll just talk. Talking about, um, I was reading up on resiliency, and uh, it said that there's seven factors to resiliency, and one of them was realistic optimism. And exactly mm-hmm. what you're just talking about um, is one of the factors of resiliency. It's it's when you're positive, when you think things will get better, or you're optimistic for the future. It's almost like it's a self fulfilled prophecy. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's really important. And you just alluded to the fact that for you, that's exactly, you needed other people to help you with the resiliency just to to be able to point out how great you are and what your achievements are. Yeah, and that's so perfect because I'm I'm very good at not seeing that. (laughs) Yeah, I know you are. (laughs) Reasons. Yeah. As to, I have a lot of evidence actually as to why that shouldn't ever be the case. Yeah. You know, and so. Um, I'm I'm definitely not guilty of not having that attitude every once in a while with myself. Um, but I know that I think to myself, okay, it could be a lot worse. I, it could be a whole lot worse. And so I think to myself, look, this is sort of the life and sort of the cards I've been dealt. And I have an opportunity to either um, sort of cave in on myself and choose to go within and, and, and be negative or... I can use my story like you're doing and sharing with all of the world um, the wonderful stories of the, the women and the men that you interview, Right. Uh, how we can support each other and empower each other and um, rise to those challenges more effectively together. You know, I used to say, you know, why did this happen to me consistently? Why me? Why me? And I'm thinking, well, why not me? Like, I'm one yeah. of the best people yeah. to have yeah. a voice yeah. for MS, you know? Yeah. Um, if I could just get over myself, which I've which I have over the years, um, it could be a huge opportunity for people. Right. Um, just want to say, uh, you know, it's been a great year uh, for Truth Be Told. Uh, it's been a great year for Truth Be Told guests. Uh, as you know, Cheryl was on the cover of Runner's World. Um, Nora, yeah. Nora yeah. was on the cover of Women's World. And Matt Embry was on the cover and Forgive me, I can't remember what it was, an athletic magazine. And all three of those people have MS. Um, we did our fundraising this year, the golf tournament fundraising. We gave our money to Susan Simmons. Uh, we raised over $8,000 for her and the work she wow. does out in Victoria. So it's been an amazing year uh, for the Truth Be Told family and for the Truth Be Told guests. And Carolyn, um, I want to thank you so much for your time today. You you really are so special. And, and keep sending me the videos of your ballroom dancing because you just look so beautiful. You really do. Oh, I want to see one too. Share with you with one yeah, tell Jan about it. Reminded me of it. Um, I'm actually going to meet Cheryl in Virginia. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I thought that time. that you'd be meaning Cheryl yep. in Virginia. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Send and her I my love. With you. That's, she's the one who inspired me. So yeah. No, she's something yeah. else. I'll never forget she's that. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. did you feel when the neurologist told you to lower your expectations? And Cheryl says, oh. Oh, "I was pissed." <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Maybe we should do a road yeah, trip to you. Virginia. We should do. Yeah. Uh, Boston, then Virginia. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, sweetie. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank have a great. So uh, have a great Saturday night. Okay. You be well. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you for joining us. This is uh, Living with MS Truth Be Told. I'm Marie Heron, your host. I want to thank Jana, um, our co-host uh, today. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next time. If you need to get a hold of us, send me an email at marie at truthbetold.ca or take a look at our website at www.truthbetold.ca. Jinx.